morning. Good morning. Are you happy to be here? I'm very happy to be here. Hi, Carolyn. Hi, Chris. <laughs> wow. It's been a long time since I last saw some of you. Reese, hello. Hi, good morning. Doing good? Good. Amen. Wonderful time. I, I told Don um, as we were rehearsing this week, preparing for this time of worship, how these songs were just incredible to prepare and to sing before God. These are amazing, beautiful hymns, songs, you name it, whatever it is, these are the prayers of our hearts to bring God the honor and the glory that his name deserves. Uh, and I, won't, I need to confess that this week I was a bit of, in a struggle to asking God, what am I going to preach about? Because we're not in a message series. Message series really help us to, okay, this is the sequence. This is the idea that uh, one Sunday is not enough. So we need to divide the message into several messages so that we speak the whole truth, nothing but the truth. So help us God, right? But this week I was thinking and praying, what does the Spirit want to speak to us? And lately in my own life, I've been thinking a lot about choices. Life requires us to make choices constantly. And, and recently I was having trouble with my bank card. And choices start there in the simplest things in life. I was having troubles with the bank card. Sometimes it would work. Sometimes it wouldn't work. I send messages to the bank. They wouldn't reply about it. So I was just avoiding using my bank card as much as possible. But then on this past Monday, I really had to go to the ATM and withdraw some money. So I put the card there, put my code, set the amount. And all of a sudden, the message on the screen, we have kept your card for security reasons. And I'm like, wow, the best timing ever. And just like that, they kept my card, and I contacted the bank, and they wouldn't reply. So I spoke with Gabby, and it was settled. We are changing banks officially. We're leaving that bank because they ha it hasn't served this well in the past year, so we're definitely changing banks. We decided to do something about whatever was not working in our lives. And if we want to make something better, we need to be intentional about it. The natural order of things in life left to themselves is usually decline. It's usually decay. If you leave fruit at the table of your kitchen for a long period, it's not going to get better and better. It gets worse and worse if we don't do something about it. So for some things to get better, for some things in our lives to improve, there's always a choice involved in the matter. The upward trajectory, growing in life, victory, overcoming, call it success, call it having a good ending, only happens when you and I are intentional about it. And God created us with the freedom of choice. We're the only creatures on this planet with free moral choice. But our greatest gift is also our greatest setback. Because even when we try to make smart choices, many times we make bad ones. Not every choice that I make is good, and I am sure that not every choice that you make in your life is good. 
So many times we waste this freedom. Many times we waste this power that God gave us. So our only hope in life is the ability that God gave us to learn. And even that we, we learn differently. If you learn by listening, then you love to come to church on a Sunday morning. You love just being there on your very comfortable seat, let's say that is very, very comfortable, and you just listen to whatever's happening in worship and preaching, and God really speaks to you and lays calmly and softly in your heart. You process it, and you've listened. You've learned. But some people, they learn better by reading or visually, visual learners. Coming to church is amazing, but it's maybe for some people not the best way that you learn. You prefer to have a book. You prefer to have letters. You prefer to watch a video. video. You are a visual person. And for that, that's awesome. That's very, um, very important for you. So even when you're here on a Sunday, maybe you take notes. Maybe you go online. You read the newsletter in Packing Sunday. And you process the ideas a lot better. And you grow. Some people, they learn by talking. And people that love to talk, they love small groups. They process information by speaking, by saying whatever's coming to their minds, whatever experience they're having, they share it with others. And as they share, they process the information that they hear and they get somewhere. They really get to learn and they bounce ideas and they build their convictions this way. Now, there are people that don't learn by listening or reading or talking. Those are called men. We, so ladies, spoiler, that's, that's who we are. No, for some men, and this happens, some men actually, and some women as well, they prefer to be hands-on. They learn by doing, don't give me a book about playing guitar. Don't, don't give me a video about how to play guitar. Just give me the guitar, I'll figure it out. I'll learn as I go. And people are like that as well. But I hope... I really hope that one of the reasons that we're here this morning, on a Sunday morning, is that we recognize that we need wisdom. And the message this morning, I've called it, Seek Wisdom. We need wisdom in the choices we make so that we might grow in life, so that we might live better. And I have one question for you. If God were to say to you, ask me for anything Anything you want in life, and I will give you. What would your answer be? Right now, maybe money, maybe fame, maybe just fewer problems, maybe getting married, getting out of debt, no more conflict in my relationships, and the list could go on and on. But what is beautiful in this question is that God actually asked a human being this question. God really told someone, what do you want in life and I will give you? And we find this story in the Bible in 2 Chronicles chapter 1. We don't have much time to go through it, but many of you already know who I'm talking about. It's about Solomon. He was king of Israel, son of David, and God asked him openly, what would you like in life? I will give you anything you ask. Seems like a very dangerous question, doesn't it? But Solomon didn't ask for comfort or wealth or fame or pleasure. He said, God, 
I want you to give me wisdom so that I can govern my people wisely. God, above anything else, I want to be wise. If God was to ask me, wisdom could be in the list, but it probably wouldn't be the number one thing I would ask God for. And I don't think that many of us actually ask God regularly for wisdom. Of all things, above anything else we might need or want in life, God, I need you to give me wisdom. And the Bible says that God was so pleased by his answer... He was so touched by Solomon's request that he said, Okay, I will grant you wisdom, but not just wisdom. I will give you fame. I will give you riches. I will make you the most powerful and the wisest person that ever, ever lived. But I also want to give you everything else that everybody else wants as well in life. Only because you asked You, you replied wisely. We don't really understand how important wisdom is, I believe. I still, even after preparing this message, I don't know if I fully grasp how important wisdom is in life. But according to the word of God, it's the key to literally everything else that we need in life. The Bible says in Proverbs 8, verse 11... Wisdom is more precious than rubies. Nothing else you could ever want is as valuable. <laughs> And the Bible sometimes makes really high statements <laughs> that we really question. Really, God? The most valuable thing? More than rubies? I didn't even know the value of rubies. Does anyone here know the value of rubies? How much they're worth? I had to Google it. That's what we do. We Google it. And I saw the highest quality rubies on earth are worth 10 times what diamonds are worth. One gram of the purest gold you can find is about 50 euros per gram. 50 euros. One gram of the purest gold you can find in, on the earth. One gram of the highest quality ruby starts, guesses, 25K, 50,000 euros, starts, and I mean starts because it can go to 100,000 euros. God says wisdom is far more valuable in life, in your life and in my life, than we can possibly imagine. Proverbs 4, 7 says, getting wisdom is the most important thing you can do. And really, I wouldn't think about it. So what is wisdom? Wisdom is seeing life from God's point of view. Wisdom is seeing life From God's point of view. It's not knowledge. You can get knowledge in a lot of places. Books, schools, the internet. Even here at church. You can have master's degrees. You can pursue to be the most knowledgeable person on this earth. But a person can be knowledgeable but not wise. You can be educated but not wise. Because there are two different things. 
In fact, one of the things that life has taught me is that a lot of educated people are fools. And a lot of uneducated people are very, very wise. Wisdom is seeing life from God's point of view. So I need to understand, we need to understand, why is wisdom so important to have in my life? Why should it be the number one goal in my life? And second, how do I get wisdom? And Solomon, this man that gave this brilliant answer to God, actually wrote a book about it. It's in the Bible. If you open the Bible pretty much in the middle, any Bible, you will find the book of Proverbs. And it has 31 chapters, which means if you read one chapter a day for a month, you'll read the whole book. And you get to understand a little bit better what wisdom is. It offers practical wisdom for life, for relationships, for time management, for business, you name it. And the way the book starts serves as an introduction and explains how important wisdom is. So let's read together the beginning of the book of Proverbs. It says, These are the Proverbs of Solomon, David's son, king of Israel. Their purpose is to teach people wisdom and discipline to help them understand the insights of the wise. Their purpose is to teach people to live disciplined and successful lives, to help them do what is right, just, and fair. These Proverbs will give insight to the simple, knowledge and discernment to the young. Let the wise listen to these Proverbs and become even wiser. Let those with understanding receive guidance by exploring the meaning in these proverbs and parables, the words of the wise and their riddles. So Solomon says straight away, he lists who needs wisdom. The fool needs wisdom. The young needs wisdom. The, even the wise people, they need wisdom. So it's applicable to everyone. Everyone needs wisdom because wisdom affects everything. In your life for the better. Wisdom affects everything in your life for the better and for the good. Proverbs 9.12 says, if you become wise, you'll be the one to benefit. If you have a Bible, if you, if you take notes of this, make a circle around this word, benefit. But if you scorn wisdom, you'll be the one to suffer. Why? Because most problems in our lives come from lack of wisdom. Because of foolish decisions. We make bad financial decisions. We make bad relationship decisions. We make bad work decisions. And the Bible says that there's a way that seems right to us. But it ends in destruction. We are fooled by our own understanding of things. Now, even things that are wrong, we think that they're good. But if I fill my life with wisdom, if I start by seeing life from God's perspective, I will benefit from it. I will have fewer problems. I believe I will have more achievements in my life. And so this book lists all kinds of benefits from wisdom in your life, and why it needs to be the number one goal in your life. And I just want to go through, and this is basically a message about the whole book of Proverbs. So we're going to be here until 2 p.m., okay? It's okay? No, 
I'm going to try to be quick, as quick as possible, but I just want to go really quickly to the benefits of wisdom so that you leave this place fully convinced by the word of God that wisdom needs to be the number one goal. So let's start. It says in Proverbs 24, 14, wisdom is good for the soul. Get wisdom and you'll have a bright future. And next, those who get wisdom do themselves a favor and those who love learning will succeed. Treasure wisdom and it will make you great. Hold on to it and it will bring you honor. Wisdom will multiply your days and add years to your life. It's not a magical formula. Because if you have wisdom, it leads to better decisions in your life. And when you make better decisions, you will not have to spend as much time having to make up for the mistakes that you did. Wisdom actually gives you time. Imagine that. Let's continue. Wise people have great power. Wise people will gain an honorable reputation. Wise people's lives get better and better. Wisdom will multiply your days and add years to your life. This is one is repeated. So let's emphasize that point, right? Moving on. Wisdom offers you a long life as well as wealth and honor. It can make your life pleasant and lead you safely through it. Those who become wise or happy, wisdom will give them life. And finally, nothing will stand in your way if you walk wisely. And you will not stumble when you run. Convinced? Is it important? It's very important. It needs to be the goal that you set in your life. And Proverbs 4, 5 says, learn to be wise and develop good judgment. So it means that wisdom is a choice. Seeing life from God's point of view is a choice. It's hard to live wisely. But it's easy to make foolish decisions. And again, let me emphasize this. It has nothing to do with age. You can grow old and still be a fool. And you can be a young person and very wise. You can grow old without growing up. And unfortunately, I think all of us know a few people in this category. Living closer to God is a choice. And fortunately, it's never too late for us to get wisdom. It's never too late for us to learn to be wise. Overcoming hardships and challenges doesn't just happen. It's a result of wise choices. And it matters. It matters that we make our focus to become wiser. So today I want to share with you six principles from the book of Proverbs on how can we bring more wisdom into our lives. If these are the benefits, if God in his word spends this amount of time, so many times speaking about wisdom, how do we become wiser? And so for us to better remember these six steps, it's an acrostic of the word wisdom. So it means that W stands for one thing, I stands for another. So hopefully we will remember. 
The first one is watch out for bad company. If you want to become wiser, you need to watch out for bad company. The Bible says, Proverbs 1.10, right in the beginning, when peer pressure compels you to go with the crowd and sinners invite you to join in, you must simply say no. 1 Corinthians 15.33 says, bad company corrupts good character. We know that. We know what is peer pressure. We know that it's easier for someone to pull us down than for us to bring them up. And the smart lesson that we need to learn in life is whoever's pulling you down is not being a good friend to you. The quality of the rest of your life will depend largely on the people that you choose to spend time with and how close you choose to remain to them. So what is the action step? We need to think twice before picking up that phone call. But do pick up that phone call. But always be ready to say no whenever is necessary. Second thing, invest in relationships that build you up. In order to be wiser, you need to invest in relationships that build you up. Proverbs 13.20, spend time with the wise and you will become wise. But the friends of fools will suffer. Have wise people in your life. Put smart, godly people in your life. You don't need a lot of friends in life. Just a few people that can build you up. And this is the beauty. We always grow in community. We always grow when we, are, we have healthy connections. That's why I can emphasize home groups at church enough. It's so important that we are connected with each other with a purpose to become better, to better our lives, to better serve God, to better know God. Wisdom is all about relationships. Wisdom is all about love. If you look at a person's relationships, you can see wisdom or you can see lack of wisdom. Jesus said, when two or three are gathered in my name, I will be there. So we need to be where God's people are. So get in a home group. Make a phone call to people that you know and invite them for dinner. Spend time with people that will bless you, that will inspire you through conversations, through wisdom, through knowledge. People that challenge you, not just to be more knowledgeable, but learning to see life from God's point of view. And we can be better at this as well. Thirdly, spend quiet time with God's word every day. Proverbs says, start with God. The first step in learning is bowing down to God. You see, approaching God in reverence is the beginning of wisdom. You don't come to God as your equal. You come to God as the one that is the source of wisdom. He is the beginning of wisdom. We want to learn to see life from his point of view because his point of view is the right point of view. The Proverbs 2.6 says, It is the Lord who gives wisdom. From him come knowledge and understanding. You don't get it from the internet. 
Definitely not from the internet. <laughs> but you also don't get wisdom from magazines or even university. Do you believe everything that you hear? Do you believe everything that is told you in the news, when you read the newspapers? Do you believe everything that you hear even at university? No, we can't. Because some things might not be true. Is everything that God says true? Is everything that God says right? Is everything that God says good enough to build your life on? Then why, and I'm speaking to myself, you're not here. This is for me. Why do I spend so much time with nonsense? Why do I spend so much of my time absorbing things that don't make me wiser? We need to start with the Word of God. Proverbs 15, 14, a wise person is hungry for truth while fools feed on trash. This is a great verse, you know what for? To put on tape on our TVs. Because there are three kinds of things that we can fill our minds and our souls with. And it's basically the same thing as with food. There's poison. And poison brings you down. Poison destroys even what is good in you. Pornography, for example, is poison. It destroys you from within. Violence is poison. There's no good reason why you need to put that in your body, in your mind. And people, a lot of people, they have become desensitized to evil. And it shows in life. But there's also junk. And, and like junk food, there is no significant nutritional value in it. It's not evil. <laughs> but it's also not good. We just stuff ourselves in it. And, and just in a, as an example, if, if we spend time on two, three hours on TV, just watching TV shows, and it can be a good show, but if we spend two, three, four hours watching a TV show, do we feel like opening God's Word afterwards? We don't, because we're stuffed. We're full. And that's the same thing with junk food. But then you have healthy food. And you can call it soul food. You can call it heart food. Things that make you wiser. Things that make you grow. And God's promise is that His Word, His Word spoken into your life will make you wiser, will make you healthier inside, will give life to your bones, will make you wiser and help you make wiser decisions in your life. So what is the action step? If you don't have this habit, start just with five minutes, five to ten minutes. Take some time away from everyone else, from everything else, and be in a quiet time with God. Just ask God for wisdom, because he's going to be right there with you. And read the word of God. And let the word of God speak into your heart because God promises it will speak to you. It will change you. It will make you wiser. Maybe start with one chapter of Proverbs per day. 
Fourthly, don't assume you know everything. Ask questions. Proverbs 18.15, intelligent people are always open to new ideas. In fact, they look for them. Everybody has something to teach you. You just need to ask questions. Everyone is smart on a specific subject. And everyone is ignorant on several specific subjects. So you just have to ask the right questions to the right people and you'll be able to learn. The person next to you, right here, look at them this morning. Okay? The person next to you, there are things that they know that you don't know. And the other person on your side, they know something that both of you actually don't know in life. Proverbs 12, 15 says, Fools think they need no advice, but the wise listen to others. So you need to listen to be able to grow. And I have a mind-blowing fact to reveal to you. It's going to change your life. You don't learn while you speak. We don't actually learn while we're speaking. We learn as we listen. Do you know that it's really hard these days to watch a good interviewer on TV? Because nowadays, people that ask questions on TV, journalists, when they ask questions, they want to have as much time as the person they're interviewing. They're very busy speaking their own opinions and their own ideas about a subject. Is it true or not? It's true. They want to be important as the person that they're asking questions. But years ago, when I was very, very little, very young, I remember that the good journalists, they would simply ask questions and be quiet. And once the, intervie the, the interviewee would finish, they would ask another question. And they would listen. If you're this kind of person, if, if, if you understand that asking questions is important, then you're a perfect person to be a home group leader. You don't even have to talk much. You just need to ask the right questions. The Bible says in Proverbs 19.27, If you stop learning, you will forget what you already know. So when you graduate from university and you say, I will not open the book for the rest of my life, right? I remember that when I finished high school, I will never read anything again. I have a diploma. No. We need to keep growing. We need to keep learning. Growing a family requires growth. Growing churches requires the growth of their leaders. All good leaders are learners. So we always need to be in learning mode. Good action steps start by asking questions. Ask more questions. And let wisdom come. Fifth, we're almost, we're fi cl close to the finish. Fifth place, own up to your shortcomings. This is a very important one. Proverbs 28, 13, a man who refuses to admit his mistakes, and a woman applies here as well. Both a man and a woman who refuses to admit his mistakes can never be successful. But if he confesses and forsakes them, he gets another chance. 
The lesson here is we all fail. We all hurt other people. We all make mistakes. And some translations, they say a man who refused to admit his sins because sins is doing what God commanded us not to do. And, and, and sins are also not doing what God actually commanded us to do. And a wise person, they know this. What matters is how you handle your sins. Is how you handle your shortcomings. It makes all the difference in the world. So this verse is teaching us don't ignore a problem and expect it to go away. Don't ignore a red flag in your life and expect it to go away on its, on its own. If you want to see goodness in your life, you need to own up to your shortcomings. Take responsibility for your actions. Your wrongdoings lose the power to rob you of the greatest things in life, in life if you confess them and if you forsake them. And sometimes people feel, I'm not going to confess because I'm now ready to forsake. I'm now ready to give up on them. The Bible says, start by confessing. If you start by acknowledging that something is not good in your life and you are responsible for it, God will be in the process. He will help you forsake. But you need to be able to confess. Oh, but I'm confessing today. I confessed yesterday. I confessed the day after yesterday, before yesterday. It doesn't matter. Confess. Tell God and say to God, God, what I did is wrong. I know it. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. And the Bible says you will always have another chance. Even if you don't have another chance with people, God will always give you another chance. God will be right there with you, ready to forgive you. So as an action step, where have you been coming short? In your life. With God. With other people. Maybe it's with yourself. So today is a good day to ask God. That question. And confess. And turn your life around. Make a choice about it. And lastly. Make sure you remember. And reinforce what you learn. This is a statistic that makes every preacher I know absolutely frustrated. We forget 90 to 95% of what we hear within 72 hours. I'm speaking to the air here. It's very frustrating. By Wednesday, you forgot almost everything I just said. By Wednesday, and let me be true about this, by Wednesday, I, for, I already forgot 90 to 95% of what I said. It's just this. It happens. And if we don't write it down, we will forget it. So we need to review it. We need to be able to apply it. Proverbs twenty-two seventeen says, Listen, and I will teach you what the wise have said. Study their teachings, and you will be glad if you remember them and can quote them. There are, there are four verbs in this, these passages. Listen, study, remember, quote. These are the marks of wisdom. 
Memorizing improves your brain. I'm not going to go into it. Just Google about it. Do, do this exercise in your life to memorize the Word of God. Because we memorize what matters to us. I know so many people that know the lyrics to every song. People that know all the Benfica players. I'm not speaking to Pastor Eddie. <laughs> there are people that, that know all the stocks if they're going up and down. They know everything there is to know about certain areas. It comes effortlessly. But in terms of word of God, there are so few people that make the effort, a passionate effort to guard, to keep the word of God inside their hearts. And we find excuses not to memorize the Bible, but memorizing the word of God is the best choice that we can make. Proverbs 4.21 says, don't lose sight of my words. Let them penetrate deep within your heart, for they bring life and radiant health to anyone who discovers their meaning. Why should you and I memorize the word of God? Because every time we need God's truth, we won't have a Bible with us. Every time you need to listen to God, you will probably not have a Bible with you. It can be when people are criticizing you at, at your work. It can be when you are facing temptation. It can be through a conversation that you're having with friends. And if you don't have the Word of God in you, you will not be comforted by the Word of God in that moment. If you don't have the Word of God within you, it will be harder for you to resist temptation, to say no to certain things in life. So we need the Word of God in us. I don't have an action plan for you because we all memorize the Word of God in different ways. I'm going to invite the worship team to come. The song that we're going to close this time with is actually Psalm 90. And there are people that memorize the Word of God through singing. And it's beautiful when some songs that we sing here are actually very much letter by letter what you find in the Word of God. It's a great way to keep God's Word inside your heart. Wisdom as I close, wisdom is not just talking about it. It's putting it into practice. And I just want to close. I know that I'm running a little late. Am I boring you? No? Good. Thank you for being so polite. <laughs> the Bible says in James chapter 1, don't deceive yourselves by just listening to the word. Instead, put it into practice. If you listen to the word, but don't put it into practice, you are like people who look in a mirror and see themselves. But once they walk away, they forget what they look like. But if you look closely into the perfect law, if you look closely into God's word, that sets people free. And keep on paying attention to it, and you don't forget about it, but you put it into practice, 
you will be blessed by God in what you do. Blessing does not come by merely reading, but it comes by pursuing steps like these that I've shared with you this morning. Wisdom is a choice. Seeing life from God's point of view is a choice. And what a blessing it is that we can all start doing it better. We can all, that are here in this place, we can all grow in wisdom. Being close to God is a choice. So what are you going to do about it? What am I going to do about it? God says, now it's your move. The ball is on your court. What are you going to do? Let's stand together. Lord, I thank you. We thank you for your word. So grateful for the wisdom it offers us. Lord, and those of us that have walked with you for a little bit longer, we have so many reasons, so many experiences that tell us that it's so much better to see life from your point of view. You have delivered us from evil. You have delivered us from so many poor choices in life. We're very grateful, God, that you are so faithful to those who rely on you. You take care of every step we take. And Lord, so many times we still make mistakes. We still rely on ourselves instead of asking for wisdom. And Lord, only you know how each heart is right now this morning in your presence. Only you know the things that each of us are going on and maybe things that maybe are not because of our choices. Maybe it was other people's choices that influenced us. But Lord, help us to take ownership of our actions. At least that, Lord, help us to take ownership of of the decisions and the choices that we need to make in life in order to make things better. And not just to make them better for ourselves, Lord, but to bring honor and glory to your name. We want to live out the plan that you have set for our lives. You've created us with a purpose. And Lord, as we all start seeking you more, as we seek wisdom from you, Lord, that we will grow in you, that we will make better choices, that we will see your glory and the benefits of choosing you, of putting you first in our lives. Thank you for inspiring us to do so this morning and, and help us to keep each other accountable. Help us to develop good relationships with each other so that this church is really a family. It's really a community that who matters most is you, Lord. It's all for your glory. It's all for you, Lord. We pray that you will continue to speak into our hearts.
We pray, Lord, in the name of Jesus.